0: Welcome from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hoop from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the Geelong Giant. That's hey, Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club. And you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Welcome to another Coaches Panel. 50 most relevant podcast as we move through, or at least I believe, are the 50 most relevant players for AFL fantasy, dream team, and super coach, all combined into a universal list. The number 31 player in the 50 most relevant, Western Bulldog, Josh Dunkley. For some, it may feel a little high, given all the question marks around role and potential output. For others, it may feel a little low, and that's why I love the 50 most relevant, because it's all about starting the conversation around fantasy footy for 2019. Joining me on the line to talk all things Josh Dunkley, Big time friend of the coaches panel. I've got the rain man on. Hello, mate. How are you?
1: Going well, AJ. How are you?
0: Mate, I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty keen to talk about Josh Dunkley. A quick skim of his numbers over 2019 really quickly lets us know that when he's given the right role, this kid can score Big time fantasy footy numbers. Just 22 years old. He is forward eligible for us this year. There were some moments there. Fantasy coaches didn't think champion data would award it. But he did, given what he did early in the year. His best score in fantasy last year was against your boys, Rain a 132 in (laughs) AFL fantasy. Even bigger in Supercoach that same game. His best score was... 157. His average last year, 95.7 in fantasy and dream team, 95.1 in supercoach, and his price point. It's high and fair enough, too. He is going to set you back about 516 in Supercoach, just shy of 700,000 in an AFL Fantasy, and not too far beneath that, too, in AFL Dream Team, $685,100. I think, Rain Man, one of the sweetest feelings for a fantasy coach is when you get on a player on a hot streak at any point, and it's always better at the start, but when you can jump on a player in the middle of a hot streak, that's probably one of the sweetest feelings a fantasy coach can experience.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that, mate. I think this guy has some serious fantasy chops and I think it kind of came to fruition a little bit at the end of 2017. There was a bit of a hint of of it coming. We had to wait a little bit for 2018 and as you kind of alluded to in the intro, uh, role was a big bit to do with what makes Josh Dunkley relevant. I think we'll probably spend some more time talking about that, but I think the really exciting thing about this kid he is he's super young. We know he's got the ability. He's just got to get Bevo to convince him to play him in the right spot.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? During his final nine games of the year, if you owned him, you got on an absolute winner. Because in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, during that nine-game stretch, seven tons, five of them over 110, a lowest score of 96, and an average of 112. For super Coach during that same nine-game stretch... Seven tons, three of them over 130. He didn't drop below 86 and an average of 115. So there was a reason for the points explosion. He moved after spending a few weeks in the VFL. He got an opportunity to spend some time as a ball-winning midfielder. Um, That's the new role he played. However, if you look at, like you said, some of 2017 and even some of the start of 2018, it's not as bad as you kind of think. He was largely mu- used inside the forward 50 of the dogs. Um, yes, you know, converting on the scoreboard, but really applying a lot of forward pressure. Um, and in the first 10 games of last year, just the one ton in AFL fantasy, but an average of 80, that's okay for a guy that barely ventured outside forward 50 and, and the two tons in supercoach, and an average of 76.5. You, you've alluded to there, Rainman, that question about role. And I think the one thing that can give coaches some confidence, there's certainly some hesitation that I'd, I'd like to talk about, but was he's shown Luke Beveridge that towards the end of a year, he's prepared to give players an opportunity to play a role. And if they are successful in it, he'll let them stay there. Just at the back of 2017, they moved Toby McLean into the midfield where he's previously. A forward 50 specialist. In the final 10 games of 2017, he averaged 95 in Fantasy and Dream Team after having only one score of 90 in his first nine, while in Supercoach, he ended the year with a stretch of 97 for an average after failing to score a ton in his opening nine games. So I think we can have, while there is certainly some concern about how Beveridge uses him, the fact is, Bevo's got at least some history of if they perform in a role, he'll at least give them the opportunity to maintain it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good call, NJ. And I think what you alluded to with Toby and Fern, it's actually a pretty good pattern. Um, and if, if, Bevo tends to follow that same pattern, there's really good things on the radar for Dunky. I think the things that excite me about him is we've got, the forwards are always a bit of a headache year on year. They've been gifted with Paddy Dangerfield yeah. this year. And I think most people are locking him in, throwing away the C at F1. I think after that, it gets a little bit more complicated. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk Evan at some stage in the uh, in the 50 most relevant. I have my own question marks on him, but can understand why people are keen on him. After those two, I think it's really up in the air that I think the benefit of somebody like a Dunkley is he's young, he's developing his tank. What he delivered last year was on about 81% game time, which across all of the major forwards apart from Managola is the lowest of anyone. And he's only going to increase that tank. And his points per minute... Across the Western Bulldogs, there's one shining example of a guy that has a tank that can run and can really score, and we all know that that's probably likely to be this season's number one scorer in Jack McRae. Mm. Josh Dunkley was second behind him. So there's lots of other good runners, there's lots of other good point scorers with limited time on ground in the doggies, and Dunks was second.
0: I'm keen to get your thoughts. Uh, the, 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 there are certainly some concerns about Rollin. I, I would, do want to touch about that in a moment. But I think the extra thing going for him is his ceiling. How do you contrast that to a guy that will likely average 90 across the formats in an Isaac Heaney, but he doesn't feel like he's the kind of guy that could hurt you with his ceiling, whereas Dunkley's the guy that probably could hurt you with his ceiling if he gets that midfield role?
1: Yeah, and I think it's a really good comparison, MJ. I've been really keen on Heaney all pre-season until I started to look at Dunkley, um, and I'm probably warming more to Dunkley now. So just for an example, if you look at the points scored across the year, uh, Dunkley, as we know, missed out on three games. If he had those three games, just at his standard average, so this is including his poor start for the start of the season, he's still 180 points thereabouts over what Isaac oh, Heaney scored. So 40 to 60 points a game over what Phoenix scored. And that really talks to his, what his feeling is. If you look at how many times he actually comes up again, including what he did at the start of the year, where we, where he was a bit slower, 42% of the time he comes up. Now that's mm. only behind Dangerfield, Devon and Sam Menegola yeah, of, wow. of the key forwards. So I think he's really got the chops about him, as you've said. And the other thing that he possesses, which I think is really good once you start to talk supercoach. His disposal efficiency is fantastic. He he fits at around 70%. For a player that does what he does, compare it again and contrast it to some of the major boards. Dangerfield at 67, Devon at 63. Um, that's, That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, you, you're going to take numbers like that. There, There is plenty of upside in Josh Stunkley. And then there's one big question mark that's probably stopping fantasy coaches from fully embracing the preseason hype. And the question mark around Josh Stunkley is not his scoring capacity, but rather, will he be afforded the role that he was given late last year? Into 2019. Just a few days ago on the 50 most relevant, we revealed Tom Liberatore. And we were speaking about him, Fox and I, on, on the podcast episode about how when he's playing, he's an elite clearance and contested ball winner. And that's one of the strengths that Josh Dunkley does bring to that elite midfield unit when it's fl- flying. And uh, from all reports in the preseason, Libba's certainly on track for round one and certainly showing that hunger and the desire that we saw last year prior to injury. Uh, And I know some would say, well, okay, yeah, Libba is certainly a question mark, but what about McLean? Um, he was the one that was impacting and why Dunkley's numbers went up. McLean's numbers went down, and that's the reason. Uh, n- yes and no. It wasn't McLean coming out of that midfield unit. If you go back and watch the game, if you go back and look at the center bounce numbers, if you go back and even just check some st- stats on fan footy, it, you'll see Toby McLean still very much getting plenty of contested ball. S- Plenty much starting in the midfield group and unit. Rather, it's Luke Dalhouse, who is now out of the side. He was the one coming out of that midfield group. So the question isn't, well, if McLean's fit and firing, Dunkley can't be in the midfield. I think that's a little bit off the boil. I think the question mark is, can McLean, Dunkley, then throw in McRae, Hunter, the occasionals that come through the half-forward flank, like the Daniels and the Wallaces, the potentials like an Ed Richards coming in, can they all coexist with Tom Liberatore coming back in and Marcus Bontempelli? So I think it's not McLean-relevant that impacts Dunkley. I think it's more, do they need Dunkley and Liber, and can they coexist?
1: Yeah, and I I think that's the question And I think... It's really interesting that you bring Dow House up in that scenario as well. So they have a gap in that forward 50 yeah. as well that Dow House has created. Who plays that role? With crazy old man Bevo, we don't really know. And I think that's that's probably where the question mark comes in on a dunkley. Is it safe to start in with that role uncertainty? Or is it a wait-and-see till he's by? And I think that's what coaches need to decide.
0: Yeah, it is. And that was one of the things that helped the Dogs win the Premiership back in 2016 was that versatility and flexibility. The negative for us as fantasy coaches is we can never have true confidence, probably outside of a Jackson McRae, um, that that one player is going to retain that role in the side. So if you've got that confidence that Josh Dunkley is going to stay and remain as a key part of that midfield unit, then you probably can have that confidence to start him. But if you don't have that sense of confidence, he's very much then becomes on the upgrade target. Is that where you're leaning to right now, Rainman? More of an upgrade target than a commencement st- player in your starting I- squad?
1: Yeah, look, I really think so. Obviously, he'll be a JLT watch, like everybody across the (laughs) team that's relevant. Um, Just to understand, I think, that coexistence that you talk about. So it'll more be about role, and we talk about that all the time around JLT. Mm. Watch for the role, not the point? Yeah, I think that's really key. And I think, for me, he's a guy that can actually impact the game quite well. Not only does he score fantasy points. So it'll be what his impact on the game actually looks like and how that actually plays out. For me, before the research, he was very much an upgrade target. He's falling very much into a starting target right now.
0: Yeah, I think there's still um, plenty of opportunities because prior to the final nine games, you go back and look at the start of what he did in 2018 and even as a junior, um, not a junior, sorry, in his debut year, there's some positive scores there for a guy that barely ventured outside forward 50. So even if he's not playing as an exclusive midfielder, his ability to add ball points, pressure on inside forward 50 his ability can to convert and impact the scoreboard inside forward 50 even if he's getting just three four five six midfield rotations a quarter he's still got the potential to average 90 plus so even if you don't see him as an inside out and out exclusive midfield beast he's got to be in contention for you but like i said if you've got any doubt or hesitation Lock in a premium somewhere else that you feel confident in. Don't just pick him for the sake of it because if you don't feel confident he's going 100 plus, it's better to wait a little bit later on. Let's talk drafts because this is an interesting one. Given where his average point lands him at, he's probably going to be going for some coach somewhere as an F1 given he's in that mid to high 90s range. I think the question is, and you've kind of alluded to it before it, um, Ray Outside of Dangerfield, you can build question marks around most forwards, some more than others. What kind of round range are you confident? Because he's going to be an F1 where you pick him. There's no way you're getting him at F2. There's only a handful, if that, of forwards ahead of him. Where do you feel confident going after Dunkley in, in a draft league? Because the potential is high, but there is also some risk attached to it.
1: Yeah, look, I think it really comes down to strategy. And everybody plays a draft quite differently. And I think this year, particularly some of the changes coming in with the kick-in rule and so forth, I feel like forwards are going to be a little bit later. So I feel like there's going to be a bit of a run on defenders. There's going to be, obviously, the midfield run. And rucks are at their own quandary, which we've talked about a little bit. So I think someone like... There's going to be coaches that are going to be really hot on him. Mm. So I, I can see him going... Probably third, fourth round, yeah, um, quite easily. If you could land him as an F two by some m- miracle, yeah, you you would be laughing. But I think as an F one, there's enough forwards are one of those things in the draft that you can, you know, your F four or F five tends to swap out across the year. Because they they're the ones that jump up out of anywhere, and you can pick them up off the waiver wire. So I think if you can lock in a good, consistent, and let's face it, at worst. I think Dunkley is an 85 forward. Yeah, I At agree. best, he can be one
0: team. Yeah, no, I think the sky is the limit, and, and the, the basement of him, it's it's not going to burn you. You're not going to lose your draft league because you jump on him with your third round selection. I, I, that's not going to cost you winning your draft league. What's going to help you win your draft league is nailing these later selections, some wise trades, some good waiver wire pickups. These are the things that kind of define your success or failure in draft leagues, not jumping on a guy who could go 110 in the third round. That's that's not going to cost you, that's for sure. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts today on uh, Josh Dunkley.
1: Not a problem
0: man. Joe. Good to chat. Uh, if uh, you want to go back and check out the article, it is there at coachespanel.tv. As are all of the players we have revealed so far in the 50 Most Relevant. If you want to support the Coaches Panel, you can do that by leaving a five-star rating and review where you get this podcast. Or you can pledge and become a part of our Patreon and get some exclusive as well as early access to these podcasts of the 50 Most Relevant. We're almost wrapping up the 30s of the 50 most relevant and we've got another special guest coming very soon.